My next guest is a reporter and host for the NFL Network. I want to welcome back on Mr. Steve Weiss. Steve, is everything going for you? Zach, happy new year to you. Life is good. Very blessed and fortunate to be back here for 2022. So all is well. Hope things are good with you. Absolutely. How was your new year? Mellow. My wife and I and uh, one of my three sons sat up and watched uh, the ball drop down on TV. Got to, we, are, we are staying off these COVID streets, my brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I'm right outside of D.C. I was like, you know, because these cases are skyrocketing. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to stay home. It was wild seeing all the people in New York getting ready for the ball to drop. I feel like, all right, what's the is it is it that is that is that amazing just to stand there in the freezing cold for three hours just to see the ball come down? Apparently so, because people have been doing it since, since you know, since forever time, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah. To each we're, his own. We're, we're all here, man. And we're just celebrating yeah. being above ground. Another Absolutely. Day. What were your thoughts on the college football playoff? I thought it was pretty underwhelming. It was underwhelming, but look, I, I think, look, Cincinnati acquitted itself pretty well. I mean, I know eventually Alabama's talent yeah. caught up to it, but, you know, they go, they went to show that they've got some players there. That's a program that's, that should attract some more talent. Um, Georgia's, my God. I mean, just looking at their players, it's like they have got dudes on that defense, especially, especially a linebacker and pass rusher who look yeah. like Kobe Dean, pro, he looks incredible. Yes, look like pro football Hall of Famers already, just in terms of physical stature. Um, but I mean, they were just they were just too dominant. I, I, I kind of expected that result. I didn't expect Michigan's offense to be able to move the ball. Now it's just going to be see if Georgia can can finally break through against Alabama because Saban Saban seems to have them figured figured out. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this recent report from Bruce Feldman that Harbaugh is potentially exploring coming back to the NFL. He might be, but is the NFL exploring coming back to Harbaugh? That's that's yeah. you know, it's out there every year, man. Yeah. So he, he might be exploring it, but I don't know if the NFL uh, wants any of him. Yeah, it'd be we'll interesting because because looking like him with the Bears, that could be that could be something interesting if that job assumably oh, opens up. If, if oh yeah, I'll, if that happens, that'd be very intriguing you know him coaching yeah. the ohio state quarterback right yeah it'd be it'd be incredible and then kind of looking at the um looking back at week 17 obviously what was your reaction when you saw antonio brown just take off who was surprised i mean it was it was bizarro world um but who was really surprised once we saw who it was um you know there's a lot of discussion now about mental illness that's been around out there that's discussion has been around him with some of his behavior for years um you know, you saw some of the reports about how he was hurt and said he didn't want to go back in. Bruce Arian says that's not the case. He never spoke to trainers about it. It was, it was you know, look, it, it, the other 52 is what you have to take into account, right? Antonio Brown, by the time the Buccaneers got him, was a proven landmine, whether it's mental health, yeah. whether it's intentional, whether it's just somebody who can't keep his composure in pressure situations. Um, they dealt with it. He helped to win a touchdown. They dealt with the whole fake vaccination card thing and, and, and this and that because his talent exceeded certain behaviors, which they felt they had the veteran locker room to absorb. Blew up on the field. He's no longer a Buccaneer, according to Bruce Arians, even though that they're keeping him around to see if, you know, at least legally or, or you know, uh, procedurally to see what they can do after consultation with the NFL. But ask the Raiders what they think. You know, ask the Steelers about it. You know, ask the Patriots about it. You've got a shelf life with him regardless of the cause, you've got a shelf life and it expired in Tampa Bay. My favorite headline from him probably for his whole career was the, with, the, with the helmet situation with the Raiders when he didn't like the new one and he painted over the old one and tried to sneak it in. 
And then yeah. they didn't show it on Hard Knocks, which I thought was one of the biggest misses. Like, I want to know what happened to that helmet. He painted. Be, yeah. He you might be the only one who wants to know. I, I don't think I you would, really want to dig too deep into Antonio I would love, Brown's. I uh, would love that helmet. Some of you are like, what do you got there? That, that's Antonio Brown's helmet that he colored, that he painted over when he went to, went to Party City, got some arts and crafts painted over and tried to sneak it into Oakland. They said, no, 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 it's not incorrect. There was, yeah, that, that was that, I got no desire to put that on this trophy case. I think it, I think it should be in Canton. I think it should be in Canton. It's, I think it's oh no, no, no. And then looking at you, obviously you hosted the uh, finalist ceremony for 2022 class. Um, big snub, uh, Steve Smith. Was that shocking? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't shocking, but man, um, I'm not going to say that anybody. You know, you want you don't want to ever remove any of the final 15 because they're all deserving, but. Steve not being there, when you look at his numbers, you know, he's somebody, he was one of my favorite players I've ever covered, right? Even though we're coworkers now, you know, here's a smaller guy who would just take over games. I mean, there was just so many games I watched where he was the best player on the field. I mean, I'll never forget when they were playing the Bears in the playoffs years, you know, years ago, when they were triple teaming him, he was killing them. I mean, it was, it was just an amazing display. And to see that basically you knew that, you know, for several years he plays with Musa Muhammad was a great possession when he was here, but Steve was the guy. Or you had to stop Steve and teams couldn't do it. You know, Jake DeLone was his quarterback, yeah. right? You know, he wasn't out there playing with Patrick Mahomes or anybody of that ilk. And he put up the numbers that he did. He was a great returner. He was just a super tough player. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 was, it, was, it was very disheartening, you know, because me and Steve have all, you know, personally are, are, are great. Um, but He'll get in one day, you know, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later because he is a pro football hall of famer. Do you think it was just obviously you got Andre Johnson on the ballot and then obviously Tory Holt and Reggie would have been waiting. Do you think maybe that was a big factor in it? Well, this was the finalist. This wasn't so much, you know, the, the final five. When we're talking about guys who are waiting, look, Tory and Reggie and Andre are deserving. You know, it's, and the one, the one misnomer we get is that, we you know, we think these Hall of Fame selectors choose guys by positions. And, may, and maybe that comes into it a little bit. But, you know, I work with Jim Trotter. He's a dear friend of mine. He's a Hall of Fame selector. He's like, no, we, we're looking at the best players, you know, regardless of position, whether it's 15 offensive linemen or whatever. And so I, I don't know what went into the swing factors, why Steve didn't make it. Maybe there were some selectors who felt they did have enough wide receivers right there and again you know you i always anticipated tory and reggie advancing um but you know it, again it, it's just hard to determine when you look at the 15 i mean ronnie barbary you know he belongs there tony bocelli he, he belongs to jared allen demarcus Ware. i mean it's 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 just tough and that's why the hall of fame is just always such a joyous and excruciating process because great players are going to get left out, whether it's deserving or not, or untimely or not. Then looking at the final 15, who would be one of them that you would be in shock if they didn't make it? That's a tough one, because this is one of those classes where it's like everybody is kind of equal. Like, you know, I, I did something on air where I said, look, you know, DeMarcus Ware, he's a Hall of Fame player. But he got a comp, right? There's a pass rusher in Jared Allen, who's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Right. You know, Andre Johnson, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne. To me, the guy, I'd be a shock. And I, I wouldn't be stunned if he didn't make it this year is Devin Hester. Um, there's no there's no peer. There, there, there's no parallel. There's no comparison. He was the greatest returner to ever play. Yeah. 
And some people say, well, he was a returner, so he only touched the ball twice a game if a team kicked it to him. Yeah, but if he put his team up 7 nothing, then you had to, you had to, you know, d- defend things a little bit differently yeah. because, you know, you, you, were, you were behind or you had to call plays differently because you were behind. You know, Devin Hester was that guy. He impacted whether you went for it sometimes instead of punting it because he had that type of impact. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of like, if I look at a first ballot guy, and I may be way off here, but I think Devin Hester uh, is a guy There's just, I mean, what's what's the hesitation when we talk about the greatest players ever at their position? And then some of the guys, like last year we had Alan Fanica kind of get in after being years on the ballot. Do you think this is could be the year for Baselli or Zach Thomas or, or Tory Holt? It could be. I mean, again, we, we you just don't know. There's a so. I mean, this is about since I've been doing this, been involved with this for about the past nine or ten years. This might be the most even final fifteen. I mean, it's Rondé Barber, you know, the best slot corner, you know, ever. Leroy Butler, one of the best safeties to ever do. I think it. He, he was, was all decade. He's the only guy from that nineties all decade team. Yeah. Is that in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's it, it's just so hard. <laughs> To sit here and to say Tony Boselli, you know, he had a seven-year career, which really a five-year career because after he blew up his shoulder, he really wasn't the same guy. You know, does he get in? I mean, there, there's no excuses because we do. We had had the short career guys, Gail Sayers, Trell, uh, Davis. You know, it's 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 tough. I, I'd like to see. You know, look, I, I covered Zach when I worked in Miami. He's a Hall of Fame middle linebacker. You've got players who played against him who said he was the toughest guy I had to go against because of his instincts, because of of how he played the game and how he disrupted things. So I'd like to see Tony Boselli get in, maybe Zach Thomas. But again, you've got to narrow down five from fifteen. There's going to be ten deserving people who are going to have to wait. And next year, Joe Thomas and Jarrell Rebus are up. They're skating through. Oh, yeah. Right. So there's only going to be three open positions next year. So it's going to be, you know, the 10 or at least most of the 10 that didn't get through this year and some new guys, you know, who come in the Steve Smiths of the world who are going to be fighting for three spots. So that's the hard part about the selection process for the whole whole Pro Football Hall of Fame. Does the number of guys from that respect, the respective franchise already in have any does that affect no. the voters all? Not really. So I, well, I mean, look, I, I, I won't, I won't say it does, and I don't know how the voters think. I'm not a selector. Yeah, but I, I don't think it does. I mean, I don't think, I don't think people said, okay, let's not put in Brian Urlacher, um, because the Bears have, you know, two dozen Pro Football yeah. Hall of Famers. Or Steelers, let's, Cowboys, yeah. Right, Packers. You know, let's let's make Leroy Butler wait just because. You know, now I will say this, and I've heard this discussion before, like certain teams. Like Emmett Thomas, the safety for the great uh, on the great chief defenses from the 60s, he had to wait till he was a senior to get in because people are saying, Well, you know, you've got in Willie Lanier, you've got in Buck Buchanan, you've got three other great players from that defense. Like, was he along for the ride? Or they said, You heard you had the same thing happen with Donnie Shell. Donnie Shell, a safety for the Steelers, he was on the great steel curtain defense, you know, with Joe Green, with Mel Blunt with Jack Lambert and all of these great players. And he had to wait forever because some people said, well, that defense already had that, that particular defense had enough hall of famers, you know, so it took some arm twisting to finally get Donnie his deserved spot again. So, uh, you know, I think that plays more into it than the actual number of players on a franchise. Do you think the short speeches are here to stay? I had Jimbo Covert on and he seemed to think they loved it. 
I, I think so. Now, granted, remember those were the eight minute cap because you had so many people coming in over the past two years. Yeah. Um, they included a 20 member class last year, the centennial class, but I think they did it. And to some degree that's good. Um, because to me, one of the more gutting things I've ever seen at the pro football of fame, because I love this guy, Kurt Warner, he went after Jerry Jones, right? So Jerry filibustered for 35 minutes, right? And the Cowboys had played in the Hall of Fame game. So like the whole half the audience was the Cowboys team, staffers, families, whatnot. After Jerry spoke for 35 minutes, Kurt comes on at 11. Remember, this is a TV event. Yeah. So it's like 11 o'clock, man. People are changing the channel. Then half the audience clears out after Jerry because the Cowboys are flying out. And here's Kurt, the greatest underdog story ever to get into the Hall of Fame with this great speech, who's just like totally crestfallen. Like, man, I had to wait. Now everybody leaves. I'm going to give my speech because it's got meaning to it. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from my soul. Yeah. And I've got to remember, I'm speaking to a TV audience as well as the, the half the people remaining here you know, at the stadium. Um, but I, you know, so the shorter speeches will keep people tuned in more um, instead of having to wait three and a half hours to maybe hear somebody speak. Have you seen his new movie yet? I have. And I love it. It's fantastic. You know, when, I, when you see the trailers, you think it's kind of like, Oh, it's a Hallmark movie. It's an after school special, but then you go see it and you're like, man, that is a damn good movie. And look, you know, knowing Kurt and knowing Brenda and meeting his family, you know, I've, I've got some firsthand experience with it, but then kind of seeing where the genesis of how Kurt came to be um, and how his family just means everything to him. I always knew, I knew his family means everything to him, but just why, you know, really, it really hit home for me. I mean, I'm a little close to the situation, but it's a fantastic movie. I recommend everyone see it. It's not some hokey, again, like, something you should you know you're going to see on, on some you know niche streaming channel it's a really really entertaining movie and the performances are fantastic yeah no, they got um what's his name playing dick vermeil uh dennis quaid right dennis quaid plays dick vermeil who's going into the hall of fame this year well Thank he's got to get ratified in but you know he's one of the senior guys now they, they pretty much go in yeah yes and, and then a couple more quick ones for you um, looking at some of the award races, um, do you think if if TJ Watt breaks Michael Strand's record, is he a lock for defensive player of the year? I, I would think so, unless all of a sudden Michael Parsons comes out and just does something absolutely insane, or Nick Nick Bosa like sacks Matthew Stafford three times, forces a fumble, and forces a pick. I mean, he's going to get mentioned, but I mean, come on, TJ Watt is a great player. I mean, I, I agreed with Aaron Donald getting it over him last year. I thought Aaron yeah. Donald was just unreal last year. I've never seen an interior player do the things that he did. But what T.J. Watt is doing, remember, he's not playing. You know, a lot of pass rushers accrue statistics because they play on teams where offenses get two touchdown leads and the opposing team's got to throw it 45 times. He does not play on that yeah. type of team. Remember, he is doing duty. And he missed two games. And he missed two games. So he is getting it done um, under the toughest type of circumstances. So I, I, I would think it would be very hard for him not to get it. Do, do you think people are not talking about um, 
what's rich what's his name rich lasak is that his first name rich lasakia the guy on the oh, rich Bisaccia. rich Bisaccia. Bisaccia. nobody's talking about him in the coach of the year and they've obviously had like the worst season off the field of any team in recent memory and nobody's talking about how he's held it together and everyone was making the playoffs that's because if they don't make the playoffs he's probably going to lose his job <laughs> you know that's fair I mean, it's, you know, they're, you know, that's, I'm around that team a lot and they're going kind of through this kind of reckoning where remember before the season, the team president quit and three of the top executives quit Then John Gruden had his situation and, and all of this. I mean, this team is, has gone through so much and Rich has just been absolutely fantastic in keeping yeah. guys together and letting the coordinators do their thing. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's going to be tough for him because I think people realize he was thrown into a tenuous situation. He didn't coach the entire season. You know, there's a lot. Zach Taylor is going to be in that conversation. Matt LaFleur is going to be in the conversation. The coach who I think has just been incredible. Sean Payton. How the yeah. hell are the Saints in yeah. playoff contention? Yeah. How are they? They're down. They've had to play their four-string quarterback. Yep. They've had so many players miss games with injury and COVID. Michael Thomas just left. Well, he didn't sleep yet. Surgery, I but, know. <laughs> you know, but it's if they win, they get into yeah. the playoffs. What is that? What do they need to happen? They get to win, and something else has to happen. I am pretty sure if they win and the Niners lose, but I think there's a scenario where if they win, I mean, if they win, I think the odds are because the Niners need to. If the Niners win. They're in. If the Niners lose and the Saints lose, so yes, they need the Saints need to win and the Niners need to lose for them to get in. And those are two very real situations. Remember, the, the Niners are playing the Rams in LA, even though they've beaten the Rams five straight times. Um, the Rams are going all out because there's a lot of scenarios where if the Rams lose and the Niners get in, they meet in the first round of playoffs. The Rams don't want that, man. They do not want to have to play the Niners in the playoffs. And w- one last one for you. Are you surprised people completely stopped talking about the Titans? Vrabel's held it together. They were kind of sleeping on them That's your coach of the year. That's your coach of the year. That's your coach of the year. Mike Vrabel's a coach of the year. You think I so? mean, yeah, so yeah, okay, he lost Derrick Henry, this and that. They didn't lose their identity. No. Right? They've had a bunch of COVID situations, injury situations. Julio Jones um, has – giving them nothing after the yep. trade this year because he's been all banged up and inactive and, and here and there. But defensively, they have gotten better week by week. That is a stout interior defense they have. They are running the football. That is their identity. They throw it 30 or fewer times. They pretty much win it. You got Deontay Foreman. And these guys they brought in. He's been know, bouncing around. Was he on the Texans like two years, three years ago? He was. He was at the Falcons preseason. I thought he was their best running back. I was stunned they let him go. <laughs> I mean, he's a good player. He's not, he's not a scrub, man. And so I think Mike Vrabel, what he has been able to do to kind of weather, you talk about some, some of these coaches have weathered storms. He has excelled, right? And, and, I, and I just think the fact that right now they're entering this weekend as a top seed is testament to the culture he's established here, the expectations players know that they have to meet to be a Tennessee Titan. Uh, I, I, I think he has been – fantastic in the culture that they that they have there is one to really emulate across the league because i saw a picture of aj brown with a bunch of the receivers and i couldn't without i couldn't tell you any other receiver because julio jones wasn't in the picture i'm really like how are they getting it done with these guys no one's ever heard of yeah well look at the tight end play i mean 
Ferks the are, offensive Ferks line. Are. Yeah, Ferks are a stud. I mean, they it's, and they got dudes. They just so again, they haven't lost who they were. I mean, they that that is one team you know when you play them. There's no mystery, and teams still can't beat them. No. So all the, props to the Titans. Is this the team that was what a game away from the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they're getting it looks twice. like they're getting I think, I think back. twice. Didn't they play in the yeah. conference finals twice? Possibly. I know the one year they, 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 had, they beat Baltimore. The, right. They, they were the Chiefs. So at least once they played the conference finals. I mean, but they but they're there every year. So, you know, again, in in, in testament to what they've done, and you know, they're they're fortunate that the Colts have not been able to to kind of keep the momentum going because that's a very dangerous football team right there too in Indianapolis. And the fact that the Raiders managed to to really muck that game up and then win it at the end. It was a bad loss for the Colts um, and a huge loss, huge victory for the Raiders. Yeah. Do you think this is Green Bay Super Bowl to lose? Wouldn't say that. Um, just, you know, look, they look like the best team. They're going to have home field in all likelihood. So having, you know, a, a team like the Rams having to go through there or Tampa having it, but it's been done. So yeah. you really don't know. I would I would make them my favorite right now, but it's <laughs> this season, man. You just don't know from, from week know. to week who's going to be eligible to play yeah. or yeah. what. That's why I think this is absolutely insane. I don't think we're going to get like two bum teams no. in the Super Bowl, but Aaron Rodgers and that defense and you know Devontae Adams and that run game. My God, I mean they look as complete of a team as there is, but. To say it's theirs to lose, it's. I don't know who I would put. I don't know who would box. I would check yeah. with, with in that category. Yeah, no, it would be incredible. And then, yeah, but that, it's 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 wild. It's coming down to the stretch. Week eighteen, We've got Raiders, Chargers. I saw one wild scenario that the Jacksonville beats the Colts and the Raiders and Chargers tie. Tie. Yeah, they both get in. That'd be the Raiders great. and Chargers. Not good for ratings. In. Great for it'd be wild. But yeah, so it'd be it'd be interesting. No be tie ties. Earn your yeah. way in, man. Yeah. Earn it in. Yeah. Get a no, dub. Yeah. yeah. But appreciate you coming on. Uh, coming on. Um, how can people follow you on social media? Keep up with you and see you. Keep, keep yep. up with you on uh, NFL Network. At Weich, uh 89, W-Y-C-H-E 89 on and Twitter. That's on Twitter and IG. Uh, and, of course, I'll be on NFL Now, which is on 1 to 3 Eastern Time on NFL Network. Game day mornings on Sundays. And, uh, you know, just in your random thoughts as well. Awesome, man. Awesome. Man. Well, <laughs> well, glad all is well. Appreciate you coming on. Can't wait for to see how this NFL season shakes out. Appreciate you, Zach. All the best. Yeah.